1: With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin.
2: Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs.
1: Hey, hello everyone. Welcome to Biz Locker Radio, presented to you by the Business Locker Room. Some new branding coming on the show, by the way, to reflect the change in name. To Biz Locker Radio, great to have you here. Operating at the intersection of sports and business, this is the online show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today. And boy, what a great show we do have lined up for you today. Looking to improve your business performance? Uh, this is the place. Whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, doesn't really matter. This is the show for you. We have experts in sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, and much, much more. It is Biz. Locker Radio. Great to have you on board. I am your host, Kelly Riggs. Thanks for joining me, and you can find us online at bizlockerradio.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. And by the way, as I did last week, I want to tell you about uh, something we're doing. Do like I do. Download the podcast on iTunes, and then listen to it on your daily commute. It, this show is amazing because of the guests that I get and the people that I get to talk to I, it's hard to write down everything they're telling me, so I listen to the show again and again in the car and pick up lots of valuable content. want to suggest you should do the exact same thing. This is show number 45, and the content in our previous shows is nothing short of spectacular. In fact, last week, if you missed it, Mark Roberts was my guest. He's the chief revenue officer of HubSpot, zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. His brand-new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, all of the proceeds going to a great cause, build.com. I want to encourage you to listen to that podcast on iTunes and grab that book. If you're in sales, sales management, this is a book you need to own. Trust me, this is one you're going to you're gonna highlight. You're going to dog ear. You're going to wear this one out. It is a fantastic offering. And Mark Robert's great guest last week. But by the way, I want to give you give you one of those books or one of a number of books that we have, including one for my guest today, David David Newman, who we will talk to in just a few minutes of Do It Marketing. I've got signed copies of some of the best business books on the planet, and I want to give you one absolutely free. All you have to do, go on iTunes, get into the iTunes store, search for Business Locker Room Kelly Riggs, find the show, and leave a rating and write a review for the show I don't care what you say. Hey, of course, we'd love for you to say it's great and all that kind of thing. But write what you want to write, then send me an email. Let me know you did that. Kelly at bizlockerroom.com. I'm going to give you your choice. Absolutely free. No no tax, no shipping, no cost, no nothing. You get an incredible book. And after today's show, you're probably going to want to get the book from Mr. David Newman. It is is a fantastic book. In fact, let me tell you a little bit about David. He has been on the show before. One of my favorite guests. He brings a lot of energy to the show. And uh, We're going to talk about the difference between building a market rather than building an audience, part of what David does. and uh, We'll talk about some of his ideas. We're going to discuss a lot of different actionable marketing ideas you're going to want to grab something to write with. We'll talk about his uh, book as well. He's worked inside organizations as the client. He's worked as a speaker and consultant himself for Fortune 500 companies. And he's helped over 300 speakers be successful at what they do. He's worked for global professional services firms like Towers Perrin. He's a, he's a guy that's got an incredible background, a lot of energy. David, it's just great to have you on the show again. Thanks for joining
0: us on BizLocker Radio. Hey, Kelly. It's great to be here. Thank you.
1: You are the man. I tell you what, I've, I've been catching up with you and reading a bunch of your stuff online. And, and one of the things I'm really enamored with is your concept of building a market instead of building an audience. Now, if you're an author or a speaker or a salesperson, I mean, you care about audience, I think, but you're, you're coming at it from a different direction. Give us the clarification
0: there. Oh, my gosh. Well, so this was first made clear to me, and you know, the the sales, the seasoned sales professionals, including you, Kelly, you're going to laugh your head off at me. I was back about 10 years ago. I was taking this woman to lunch every two to three months. She was this highly placed HR Uh, Director at this fairly large accounting firm, I was sure, I was sure there was business for me there. She heard me speak. She was a fan of my work. I'm buying lunches, Kelly, like there's no tomorrow. Finally, about the third or fourth lunch, it became obvious and apparent to me this woman was not a decision maker in any way, shape, or form. She had no authority. She wasn't a buyer. She couldn't even buy pencils. She couldn't even buy pencils for this accounting firm. So I realized, you know what? I'm talking to one of my fans, and she was genuinely a fan. She wasn't manipulating me to her knowledge. She wasn't stringing me along to her knowledge. She was just, oh, I like this guy. I see if I can help him out. Well, you can help me out lots of different ways. The only way she couldn't help me out is she couldn't buy from me. She couldn't buy from me. So I realized that we, as business people, as entrepreneurs, as sales professionals, we need to serve two different audiences, and it is very, very important that we're able to distinguish between the two of them. And one is your audience, and one is your market. And I know that the uh, the blog post that you saw, uh, goes through, you know, 17 different characteristics, but I, let me give you just a handful, then we can dig deeper into some of the other ones later on. You know, sure. think about this as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's running a business, selling for a business, CEO, marketing person, salesperson, whatever it is. An audience is someone who listens. Someone who's in your market is gonna pay attention. An audience might value an experience. Like my my H.I. lady, she valued the experience of being in my company and being, you know, kind of, you know, we were joking around and having some fun and I was giving her some insights and some coaching about her business and her career. A market, however, will value your expertise. An audience wants to watch. An audience loves being on the sidelines. A market wants to act, you know, to use the business locker room, analogy, you know, do you want a fan in the stands, or do you, want, do you want someone who's going to be throwing the ball back and forth with you on the field? You right. know, we, we score points when we're throwing the ball. We are never going to score points by chatting with the fans. Right. So it's that That's... kind of thing. And again, it's so obvious now, but I still see so many entrepreneurs, business owners, small business people, that they're just romancing the audience. And when you ask him, "Hey, who's your market? Who's your target market? You know, who's got your money in their pocket?" and they don't know—that's amazing to me.
1: Well, my guest today on the show is David Newman. Find him online and bookmark his. Uh, website you're going to want to read his blog on a regular basis doitmarketing.com of course follow him on twitter at David Newman as well N-E-W-M-A-N is the last name is how it's
0: spelled oh that's right at D
1: Newman you're right I did that last time as well I, I think I had people going to all kinds of people that yeah, so wasn't at, you.
0: At D Newman, D-N-E-W-M-A-N. M-A-N. So all right. Thank you, you
1: very much. Yeah. I, the, one of the things in the blog that really stuck out to me was uh, those 17 tips, as as you mentioned. But I like number 13, an audience like, likes your ideas, but a market will implement your ideas. You know, the reality is, David... When when people clap and applaud and tell us how great we're doing, it really, really feels good, but it's just not quite the same as getting a piece of business, is it?
0: Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And again, you know, I think there are people who say, you know, when you're, you're doing a sales presentation or you're in front of a group of prospects, they say, wow, you know, that was really great. That was really great. That makes us feel good. What you want them to say is, what's next? Yeah, what, what do step? we do next? How, right. how, what's the next step? How do I buy more of this? Whatever your products and services and programs and expertise, whatever it is your company does, you don't want them to say, hey, you know, you should come and speak again. You should say, hey, how do I buy from you? How do I take the next step? How do I take your ideas from, you know, the, the, the idea step to the implementation step? Because you know what? Ideas don't make you money. It's implementing the ideas that make you money. And once they commit to buy from you, once they start to put that engine into motion, that's when they start to get the results from your products and your services and your programs. They can be window shopping all day long. That's not going to generate results. What generates results is them latching on and saying, I'm going to commit, I'm going to buy, I'm going to implement, I'm going to act.
1: Well, like you, I have done hundreds if not thousands of presentations in my career and there's one big point at which we really, you know, hit the, hit, hit the place where we go one way or the other and one is what you said, a market and the other way is an audience. I can always tell if I if I have lots of people come up and say, "Wow, that was that was a great presentation, man! Fantastic, love to have you back." As opposed to people who come and say, uh, "You know what? We we need to talk. Some of those things that you were talking about, we we've got those issues. We we need to sit down and have a conversation." So clearly, it has to do a lot with the presentation itself and the material and the content that comes out of it. But the other aspect of it, David, that you so eloquently pointed out is you've got to be talking to a decision maker, and so many salespeople. Or non-salespeople who are trying to get into the business of consulting or book writing or whatever the case may be, they, many times they're just talking to whomever will talk to them and they're not doing a good job of qualifying the opportunity that sits in front of them.
0: Absolutely right. And I, you know, I'm, not even, I, I'm pretty sure that we're not even in the business of convincing and persuading. I think the most effective salespeople are in the business of filtering and sorting. Mm-hmm. It really is about filtering and sorting. Who needs us the most? Who values what we offer the most? And think about the questions. You know, you want to find that hungry target market. So who suffers from it more greatly? Whatever pains, problems, heartaches, headaches, challenges you and your company and your products and your services fix, who suffers from it more greatly? Who needs it more desperately? And because of that, who's going to value it more highly? And that's your hungry target market. So it's great to separate your audience from your market. It's even better to separate your average market from your hungry market, the folks that really want to buy from you and they want to buy from you now.
1: The reality is, 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 I don't know why this is difficult for people to grasp onto, David, is, you know, there's only a certain number of hours in the day. And when you're sitting in a conference room speaking to a group of people and you ask them a very simple question, would you rather spend all of your time getting a $5,000 deal or a $5 million deal? You know, it's, it's pretty easy. People say, well, that's kind of silly, $5 million deals. But, but the problem is, is in real life, it doesn't work that way. Every opportunity is considered to be equal opportunity, and we're out chasing them all the same. You, you, you're not only stratifying opportunities into good and bad. I mean, you're saying there's good, then there's really good, and then there's spectacular, and that's the ones that we really ought to be pursuing.
0: Right. Exactly right. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny because I think we have this scarcity mindset sometimes. Every single time, and Kelly, I know you've experienced this also, but every single time I let a so-so prospect or a bad prospect go. I just basically fire them out of my sales cycle, my, my sales process. Inevitably, someone better, someone better, bigger, stronger, a better fit uh, who has you know, more of that hungry target market DNA will show up And I was like, wow, why was I wasting my time with these price shoppers, tire kickers, goofballs, and goobers when there's fantastic prospects here, not all of whom are going to say yes, of course, but just even the quality of the prospecting conversation and the quality of the prospecting process is so much more fun. You know why? Because in your world, they're more relevant. In your world, they're more valuable. In your world, you can help them more, and I think salespeople and marketing people and entrepreneurs need to let go of this concept of being pushy and being salesy and being slimy. Think about it this way. How can you reach out to help more people? If your product, services, and programs are really as awesome as I think they are, you're not even in the business of selling. You're in the business of improving people's lives and businesses and work. So... Maybe you need to reboot and re-energize your enthusiasm for selling, because it really comes down to helping more people and helping more of the right people in more significant ways. He is David
1: Newman, and he is the president, founder, and chief marketing officer, and probably everything else in the in the, in the building for DoItMarketing.com. He has got a world-class book, Do It Marketing seventy seven instant action ideas to boost sales maximize profits and crush your competition i have read it i will highly recommend it and suggest that you have one well, fact as i mentioned i'll give you a free copy if you rate and recommend the show on itunes david we we talk a lot about bringing value to the equation. In fact, I don't like to call them sales calls anymore. I like to call them value creation calls. And I know that's your perspective as well. You bring an enormous amount of value to your own personal clients or prospective clients. Why does that work so well? What, why Why is that better than the old style of selling, which is asking first?
0: Yeah, no, great question. Well, it's like the old dog chow, you know. No <laughs> one nice. improved formula. Now it tastes much better than the old dog chow. Here's why. We used to live in in an advertising economy, that people would buy things because of advertising or mass market or TV or radio, even in the 1990s, the 2000s, because of the Internet. You know, you to have a website. Oh, you have to have a website, because then you'll start to bust open the floodgates of selling. We're no longer living in an advertising economy. We're living in an attention economy. And the way the attention economy works, and the reason that strategy, Kelly, is so effective is because, first first step is we have to earn their attention. And then and only then do we get to earn their money. And I think that, you know, the three steps, I call the three R's of the marketing and sales process. First, you have to be a resource. You have to give value. You have to give resources, white papers, downloads, videos, articles, podcasts, whatever it is, resources first that's going to build relationship. That's going to build trust. That's going to build a value in the mind of the prospect. So resources lead to relationship. Relationship leads to reciprocity. Then they'll be looking for how, how they can help you. Maybe they can buy from you. Maybe they can refer you. Maybe they can introduce you. Maybe you can somehow leverage their platform or their connections or their Rolodex or their LinkedIn profile. But that's the three R's. So if we try and go right for the sale, we go right into the the commercial discussion, we are short-circuiting that being a resource, building the relationship, and triggering that reciprocity that is so vital for business success today.
1: And so many people are trying to... Get a sale without having even earned the right to ask those kinds of questions. It is amazing how many times people will be asking for business when they've not even got anywhere near the resource or the relationship. Certainly, the reciprocity is not there. Again, I don't know why why that's such a a, a mystery to people today. I mean, we were talking about that thirty years ago in the Zig Ziglar Tom Hopkins era. You know, when it, when we were still learning from books instead of you know Skype and iPads and kindle and everything else that we have today but but the principle of human interaction david really hasn't changed i mean the the theory of reciprocity has been around a long time
0: oh my gosh absolutely well and here's some more r words for you right reciprocity reputation and again this goes back to old school you know we've been buying we've been buying based on reputation since the caveman days So, Kelly, if you and I are two cavemen and we're hungry and we want to get a nice piece of buffalo to stick onto the fire, you and I both know that that guy, Oog, over there in the other cave, Oog, has some outstanding buffalo. He always (laughs) catches the biggest, juiciest buffalo. You're hungry. I'm hungry. I I, I look over at you and say, hey, let's go down to Oog because he always has that great buffalo. You're like, yeah, I had some last week. It's awesome. So today in 2015 and beyond, it's back to old school rules. It's about reputation. It's about trust. It's about value. It's about having confidence in the people that you're buying from. And you can't build confidence if there's a vacuum in value.
1: Hey, we're going to take our first time out. We're going to come back. We're going to continue our conversation with David Newman. By the way, on the other side, I'm going to talk to David about where all of these things are intersecting and what does it mean for you out in the real world because you've got sales, you've got marketing, now you've got digital media, you've got social media that intersects in the middle of all of that. What what part is selling? What part is marketing? And where does social media play a role? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Also, we'll discuss 10 strategies for crushing it in 2015 and beyond with my guest, David Newman. I'm Kelly Riggs. You can find us at bizlockerradio.com. We'll be back on the other side of the break. This is Biz Locker Radio on Voice America.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit vmaxpg.com. That's vmaxpg.com.
1: Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today.
2: The boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you back on Biz Locker Radio, brought to you by The Business Locker Room. Hey, a couple of great shows coming down the line, by the way. Next week, Joe Polizzi with Content Marketing Institute will be along uh, on the show. I'm really excited to talk about his work, what he's doing, and talk about content marketing. Really great topic for David today as well. And then a couple of weeks on the March the 16th. I'll have a gentleman on by the name of Yogi Roth. And if you read the book, The QB, The Making of Modern Quarterbacks from Bruce Feldman, or listen to my show with Bruce Feldman, you'll recognize that name. Excited to have him on this show as well. It's going to be good stuff. So make sure you stay with us. Again, download the podcast off of iTunes. Always great to have you on board. Thanks to Michael Sergit, my engineer on the other side of the glass, helping us avoid the major train wrecks that I usually create. My guest today, David Newman of Do It Marketing. Find him online at doitmarketing.com. Also on Twitter at D D D-N-E-U-N-E-W rather, M-A-N. I'm going to get it right one of these days, David. Hey, before the break, we started talking about the idea of where does social media and marketing and sales all interconnect? So many people, it seems to me, and I want to get your take on this, it seems to me that they're beginning to substitute digital media, social media for selling or even marketing. Where, where, Where do you think about that?
0: Well, I have to agree with my buddy, John Janch, over at Duct Tape Marketing. He says, social media is a tactic. It is not a religion. And (laughs) I I heartily endorse that. I mean, social media is great. Social media, should it be in your mix? Absolutely. Uh, Is it effective for generating some leads and some traffic? Absolutely. Is it a good sales platform? I think it's a terrible, terrible, terrible sales platform again why what we talked about before the break is relationship marketing trusted advisor selling no one's gonna buy your crap off a tweet no one's gonna buy your crap off of a three-minute youtube video and no one's gonna buy your crap or my crap i use you say that term with love no one's gonna buy my crap off of a facebook post so what can we do with social media social media is a great door opener and remember the three R's we talked about before the break. Social media is a great place to give resources. Social media is a great place to build relationship. But then when it comes time to do commerce, I think we have to do this in the in the old school way, face-to-face, voice-to-voice, toe-to-toe, phone, email, webinars, conference calls, whatever it is to get in front of that economic buyer in the way that they want to get in front of you know, here's the, here's the other soundbite with this, Kelly. People say, well, no one's going to buy anything sight unseen. And I agree, no one is going to buy anything sight unseen. So your goal in social media is to get seen. So get seen, get visible, get credible, and then both inbound and outbound selling start to take effect. But you're not going to sell anything, <laughs> just relying 100% On social media, because people don't buy that way. You don't buy that way. I don't buy that way. Uh, Unless we're talking about tchotchkes or a coupon for Tide detergent or Pepsi Cola, you know, business to consumer sales and selling and retail strategies and coupon strategies, that might work for them. But business to business professional selling, there always has to be a conversation. I would go one step further, last point. Nothing good ever happens outside of a prospecting conversation.
1: Interesting. Well, to that end, you know, you mentioned face to face, and I noticed that even in your own work, you've made a big move towards video. Miles Austin, who uh, joins me for the X's and O's segment, will do that today, by the way. Yeah, brought to you by 4D Sales, our great partner in the X is No segment. You've made a big move to video, and we have talked a lot about that, how inexpensive and how easy and how straightforward it is to create really high-quality video. Can video
0: Can it be that face-to-face piece, David? is Is that a good substitute? Well, I mean – and anything can work. <laughs> so, so let me back off my little pedestal here. You know, anything can work. I just wouldn't I wouldn't go in blindly to any sort of social media or technology play. I love video. I love selling with video. I love social selling technology, but I think social selling technology, it's like, you know, you know, it's like putting the flyer under the windshield. It's like, okay, that's going to capture the initial interest but I'm still going to want to talk to a real live salesperson, a highly educated, trusted advisor, either in person or by phone or by video or by Skype or by email or by something because I need to talk about my situation, me as your client, me as your prospect, my specific wants, needs, goals, heartaches, headaches, and challenges. That's never going to come across because there's no specific uh, – in a marketing and a sales mode – There's no such thing as a generic answer to a specific problem. And all of our prospects have very specific problems. Even if they're not unique, they think their problems are specific. So yes, you'll be able to get to a certain point in the sales process with technology and social media and video and audio and white papers and downloads and opt-in forms. But I think it's still a person-to-person connection.
1: Yeah, and there's so many people, it's, just, it's been a, this raging debate uh, on the internet for some time now about whether or not prospecting is dead and cold calling is dead and all that. And I, I can hear people collectively all over the country with this big groan, oh my gosh, I thought I was just going to be able to send out some tweets and, you know, do some things on social media. And that whole prospecting nonsense would go away. I mean, the reality is, is people still have this sort of reticence to, to do cold calling or to contact prospects or there are there's are so many great tools out there today but i like your point and i think it's a good one and i think uh the, the professionals that i'm aware of agree with you it, it's still about getting information on the front side attracting people with digital media great on the front side but there comes a point where you've got to sit down and have a conversation and you better have your ducks in a row
0: right well and there's also there could be a generational component. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 plus and I'm an old fart. So if you send me a video sales letter, I might not watch it. But someone who's 15 years younger than me and is in charge of a $50 million budget, that might be exactly what they want and need. And that's what's going to get them to say yes. So I think you also have to look at, you know, not look at a cookie cutter solution for everybody, but look at those buyer personas that you're marketing to, you know, are are your buyers male or female, are your buyers 50 or 30, are your buyers, you know, working as a CFO or as a nice HR lady, because the CFO is going to have a very negative protective mindset. And the HR lady is going to have a very positive, aspirational, let's all hug and kumbaya kind of mindset. Even there, you have to have different marketing messages for the CFO versus the nice HR lady.
1: Wow, as it turns out, marketing's not easier today because of technology, it's just that much more complex. Let's shift gears. You've got a blog post called Marketing Coach. 10 strategies for crushing it in 2015 and beyond. So I'm going to ask you to serve as marketing coach today for the time that we have left, about 10 minutes, David. Let's talk about some real, tangible, actionable ideas that our listeners can use to improve their marketing and awareness campaign for their, their individual businesses.
0: Sure. Well, I think any kind of campaign is going to benefit from focus. So point number one is what are the three most important objectives for your business or for your sales over the next year? And these are critical, big picture accomplishments. These are not you know, I got to clean up my desk. I got to do this. I mean, what what are the what would be the huge home run accomplishments when you look back 12 months from now? Can you list those 3 specific goals and objectives where you want to cross into the end zone? You want to score those points. Second thing, for each of those objectives that you just thought about, identify your responsibility in achieving that objective. Specifically with verb, noun, date, action steps. Meaning, what will you do, how will you do it, and when will it happen? When's it going to move from your to-do list onto your calendar? Because just having these big picture amorphous goals, that's not going to make them happen. Breaking down those goals and putting the action steps onto your calendar so that day by day, week by week, month by month, you actually get closer to finishing those objectives, that would be great. Third item is you have to be crystal clear in separating your strategies, the big picture, how and why strategies, marketing strategies, sales strategies from the day-to-day tactics. The day-to-day tactics is what are we doing when, right? And if you're in a team, then who does what by when so you can move those things onto your calendar once again. Number four is don't wait for December to look at your year. Right? We need much shorter checkpoints. So maybe it's quarterly, mm-hmm. maybe it's monthly, maybe it's weekly. But guess what? The way you spend your day is the way you spend your week, is the way you spend your month, is the way you spend your quarter, and you turn around, it's going to be 12 months from now. What have you really accomplished? Yeah, so let I'm me jump in there for a second. But- in short-term goal-setting. Let me jump in there
1: for a second, because this is so common. Uh, the clients that I work with, it's, it, it seems like you see this over and over again. I don't know where we're learning this, or maybe we're just not learning it. We default to it, but you're exactly right. We wait till December, and then we say, okay, here's my big picture item next year. We want to grow sales revenue next year. Okay, that that's it. That's that's my plan. That's my strategic plan, David. I'm gonna. We have decided we're gonna grow sales revenue, and we're gonna work really hard next year to grow sales revenue. I, why does that even? First off, it's not a plan, to your point. But secondly, it's it, as my good friend wrote, uh, Anthony Inoreno wrote a great article about this in the past week. Why is that even your goal to begin with? There, there's no purpose there. There's no there's no why behind that. How how do you get people to discover? Uh, the compelling objectives that they need to power and fuel their businesses.
0: Well, I think from a personal standpoint, you are so right. You have to ask deep diagnostic detective questions. Why is that important to me? Once I have that, what will that enable me to do? Once I reach that milestone, how will my life be different? You take that, how will my life be different? Well, what will that let me do? Once I accomplish that, what's the next goal? Right. So you ask five or six or seven deep investigative detective questions, because I run into this all the time, same exact thing, Kelly. People say, well, I want to run a million-dollar business. Now, most marketing guys like me would go, oh, I can definitely help you. Million. Oh, sure, totally. We'll do marketing. We'll do sales. We'll do blah, blah, blah. I say, why? I, I, I yeah. say, why? I'm going to ask you a dumb question. Why do you want a million-dollar business? Well, that way I, I, I can buy this vacation home. Why is that important to you? Well, spend more time with my family. Well, what would that let you do? And then I'm, I'm going to ask 17 questions after I hear you say, I want to run a million-dollar business. I'm not going to jump into your lap-lap like a lap dog and go, I can definitely help you do that. Because I need to know the why. I, I need to know the reason behind the reason, behind the reason, behind the reason for your goals. So that's, that's how that works. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, that makes great sense. And clearly, it, I, I think that people struggle with that. You know, we, we've heard people like Simon Sinek and other people start with why and know your why and understand your purpose and all that. Salespeople are like, you know, I sell a product, man. I mean, what do you mean Why? I sell it because it's my job and um, it's how I make a living for my family. And you you start getting all deep and philosophical and metaphysical with me here about my why. But yet it's really crucial for people, especially if they're entrepreneurs or business owners and want to recruit people to work with them, to have a sense of purpose and what drives us here. Is there a way to take that purpose as a salesperson in a big company and turn it into something tangible? How would you help me with that?
0: Well, I think this isn't about the salesperson's motivation or the salesperson's why behind their goals. I think as a salesperson, we need to be equipped with these questions. So when we run into a prospect and the prospect says, I'm looking to invest in your product, your service, your program, that's when I'd kick off the 17 questions. Yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm really gonna, I'm what are you it, trying though. to accomplish? So don't use, the de- don't use the detective toolkit on yourself. Because I think that's limited. I mean, that, it's nice to know your goals. It's nice to know your why. I'm not a big believer in that kind of, you know, hocus-pocus stuff. But, man, for the prospects, if you can get them to reveal the motivation, the emotional, psychological, intellectual, what's going to do for them personally, professionally, and organizationally to buy from you, and stop talking about surface-level nonsense and take right. the conversation deeper so that you're talking about value impact, results, outcomes and the emotional payoff. They say, "You know what? I'm going for a promotion. You know what? I'd like to be district manager. You know what? I'd like to, you know, go to Hawaii this year on my, uh, you know, sales travel program." I want, I want, I want. And so here's how you fill in the blanks, right? Ask your prospect what do they want? What do they need? Why is this important to them? Never take an answer at face value, and you will start to have deeper, more meaningful, more relationship-building conversations. When they start to reveal themselves to you, that's when you build relationship, and that's when you build trust. You don't build trust when you're talking. You build trust when they're talking.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well you're, you're right on target there. And my sense in, in my question was, you know, you, after that is done, obviously you have to do that well or you're going to miss out on critical information in terms of motivation and what's driving that buying decision. But there comes a point in time when they turn it back on you and say, by the way, why should I buy from you? I mean, David, there's a lot of guys out there doing marketing and all that. Why you? And if you're not pretty clear on what you're all about, um, you're, going to get, you're going to get lumped into a group of commodity bucket people
0: absolutely right. So I think you have to have your value proposition and specifically the way that you do your articulation and distinction. And there's two parts to this. I talk about this in the Do It Marketing book, as you know. Articulation is how you talk about what you do so that it's value-focused and prospect-focused. Distinction is how you're faster, smarter, better, and different. Different for the sake of being different, that's meaningless. Right. how is it different in light of what the prospect wants and needs to accomplish and what i recommend people do is when someone asks you why should i buy from you here's your power phrase killer phrase that beginning of every answer unlike most blank Right, right, right. Unlike most sales trainers, I focus on X, Y, and Z. Unlike most marketing coaches, I focus on A, B, and C. Unlike most people that want to sell you paper cups and paper products, we focus on blank, blank, blank. As soon as you separate yourself, even with that phrase, unlike most blank, unlike most laptop salespeople, I'm focused on whatever it is, right, you're, you're separating yourself because you're saying that you're different. A lot of times we look the same, sound the same, act the same as everybody else, and we never even articulate, let alone prove, that we're different. Well, the first step to proving it is claiming it. Say, unlike most blank, unlike most companies like well, do it what we do, we're different because, and then you're in the right conversation.
1: That is great stuff right there, folks. That's the kind of thing that you're going to get from David Newman on a consistent basis, things that will really, really move the needle on your personal performance. Highly recommend you check him out, doitmarketing.com. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at d N-E-W-M-A-N. N-E-W-M-A-N. Always great to have him on board. And of course, as you know, I highly recommend his book. It is a good one. Uh, do it marketing 77 ideas that you can use in marketing so make sure you check him out david always great to have you thanks for joining us on BizLocker radio
0: hey kelly it's been great i'll see
1: you next time yeah that's good stuff uh, we're going to take our second and final time out we're going to come back on the other side and i'll be joined by my good friend miles austin we'll do the x's and o's segment and we're going to talk about a product today called udemy yeah udemy u-d-e-m-y Stick around. We'll tell you what it is and why you need to know what it is and make it a part of what you're doing. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is Biz Locker Radio on Voice America.
2: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com.
1: Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to zero? to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years. Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, this is Jeff Shore,
1: author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. No doubt about that. A lot of great ideas right in front of us as we welcome in Miles Austin for the X's and no O's segment brought to you as it is every single episode by our friends over at 4D Sales. And it just gets better and better with the 4D Sales Tool, a tablet based sales tool that you can use in iPad or Windows 8 de- devices. And it puts all of your information in this one easy to use, easy to access, interactive. Visually appealing, compelling uh, format that is just—I mean—it just makes sales calls go so much better when you can rapidly move between a price list or a brochure, a slide deck, a web page, a video, and you have all that available. And, and as great as it is for the salesperson, for the company owner, the sales manager, it is—it is, it is so much better now. They put everything up into the cloud and giving you complete. Uh, ability to make sure that every single salesperson in the field has the latest iteration of everything I can remember times when I would go out to work with a sales rep and we'd be talking about a new brochure and they would have the old brochure or they'd have outdated price lists or they wouldn't have the information that we needed all of those days are over and of course now it's all right there on your tablet right in front of your prospect One click and you can email it to them. You can move between these like you move between photos on your iPad or your Windows 8 device. Folks, I I, got to be, you just got to take a look at this. Go to 4dsales.com. They are a sponsor, full disclosure, but we are a huge fan. We use the product, we love it. And uh, many thanks to Brian Carpenter and the guys over at 4dsales for supporting us and sponsoring the X's and O's segment, which features my good friend Miles Austin. Back uh, last week, after three weeks out with the flu, you sound full strength this week, Miles. Great to have you.
3: Thanks, buddy. I'm feeling much much better.
1: How about uh, how about David Newman? I mean, he he can kind of give
3: you the tonic that you need too, right? Well, as I, I think we were talking. I, I I love his little short quotes, his little tweetable moments, if you will. I I wrote down the uh, putting social media is like putting the flyer under the wiper. You just gotta love that kind of stuff.
1: That's that's great stuff. And uh, he, is, he is extraordinarily good at what he does. I always appreciate him coming on board and joining us to talk marketing. Well, let's talk something that is not marketing. You uh, sent me some items that you wanted to talk about. One of those was a, a product called Udemy, dot com. I had to ask you how to pronounce it. I didn't have
3: the first idea. Miles, what is Udemy. Udemy, I think the easiest way, Kelly, is to explain what Udemy is short for. Udemy is short for the academy. So just think academy when you see the word. Okay. Academy of you. It's the you uh, academy. So Udemy, right? Uh-huh. And, and just to kind of position it, Udemy is currently the world's largest online learning platform. Okay, World's largest. It's not a startup. These guys have been around for a while, and they have just exploded over the last year. Well, um,
1: you, you were sharing with me, they have over 5
3: million students. Uh, that's well, substantial. <laughs> think, think about it. I mean, let me give you, just kind of to help again position this a little bit, there is currently over 12,000 instructors on Udemy, 12,000 different instructors Over 5 million students in over 190 countries. One of the things that I have as a goal in my business this year is to become more global because I really, I don't want to do a whole lot of traveling in a lot of the places around the world in this day and age, but I want to reach those people that need what I do. So this is an example, over 190 countries. By the way, out of all those 12,000 instructors, just for what it's worth, this is not a freebie. This is not something to go just do as a hobby. The average instructor earnings, those 12,000 instructors on average have earned over $7,000. So this is something you can actually make a a living at. You can do it part-time. You can do it full-time. You can do it in addition to what you're already doing. And I was reading an article. This is now, I don't know, two or three months back. Actually, it was over the holidays. And they did... They had profiles on the top ten instructors on Udemy. Those top ten instructors, since they've started with Udemy, have collectively earned not so earned over ten million dollars. So this is real. This is not a fly by night, and it's not something that just kind of getting started. And they're not sure how it's going to work. Um, you've you've turned this thing upside
1: down for me because when you first sent it to me. Uh, I, I thought, well, okay, so he's going to tell me how I can use this to improve my skills in something. But what you're suggesting is that if you have a skill that you can teach other people uh, in any line of business, this becomes a platform platform for you to do that.
3: Uh, kelly, look, I, i'm I'm a huge believer. I think you subscribe to this as well, that every one of us is an expert in something. Could be a hobby could be a profession, could be a physical skill. Maybe you're, you've got a great talent for barbecue. Doesn't matter. There are an unbelievable number of courses in Udemy that you can go learn from. You want to learn as an example, maybe you're going to have a baby, maybe uh, you're going to hit you or your family member's going to have a baby. And you just kind of want to learn what really to expect and how to go through the whole childbirth thing or whatever it might be. It's all on there. So one of the strengths of Udemy, if you go to the site, and our listeners just go to udemy.com, Again, this is a very professional business site. This is not, again, some kind of fly-by-night thing that looks like Joe and his two cousins, Joe and Joe Jr. put together. So, I mean, this is real. This is a real business. And uh, one of the things that I monitor in my uh, online activity is is kind of what the trends are out there and which websites are really growing at a ridiculously high and fast rate. And I look at the Udemy graph in Alexa, uh, which is one of the tools that we can talk about sometime. Right. And their growth looks like a hockey stick bent even further, almost straight up in the last year. It reminds me a lot of what eBay was like after the first couple years when they were kind of just getting by and growing but not a lot. And all of a sudden, the world figured eBay out, and they just exploded like a rocket to the moon. That's very similar, I think, to what Udemy is about to go do.
1: Wow. And and you say they've been around a long time, so evidently they've kind of hit that critical mass kind of thing, and suddenly people are becoming aware of it, which means it, this, this is a great time to jump on board, I would suspect.
3: You know, I, who am I, right? It's just my opinion. I think it is if you've got something that you're passionate about that you really want to share your expertise with others because, I mean, let's face it, at least in my part of the world up here in the Seattle area, once a week at least on the news, they're talking about the struggles of higher education from funding, from the cost of doing business. The They're having trouble in many cases getting enough students to sign up because the trend is a lot of these students are going... less expensive solutions, and one of them is all of the growth of these online universities like Phoenix and some of the others. Well, this is the same kind of thing. It's just capitalizing on a trend. You could literally go out and learn learn Photoshop or anything that you might need in your career or for your business or just for a hobby or a personal interest. You want to learn how to write a book or how to create cover graphics or whatever it might be. It's in there. You want to learn how to sell? There's depth of information from a lot of really well-respected um, teachers and coaches on selling, as an example.
1: Well, it's interesting. You you mentioned Photoshop, and immediately I just jumped on to look at Photoshop. I love the way they do it. You've got uh, pricing. They actually have 19 free courses on Photoshop. They have 126 free uh, courses that are less than $50. You have much more comprehensive courses at $50 to $99, $100 to $199. And then you have a couple of high-end courses uh, four of them, in fact, over $200. An instructional level, it's laid out appropriate for all or beginner and intermediate, advanced. I mean, this is really, really well done. You can find something very, very quickly and uh, get to where you need to be. You, you mentioned writing a book. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, hey, you've written a couple of books. Uh, how do you do it? Can you tell me how to do it? Uh, there's not enough hours in the day for me to tell you how I did it, but you can go on here and Here's uh, how to stop stalling and write your book. Nineteen dollars uh, book catalyst. Write it in under twenty four hours and triple your income. One hundred and fifty two dollars and on and on it goes. I mean, there's uh, there's twelve different offerings here on how to write a book. Uh, this 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 really is a treasure trove of information.
3: Well, it is, and I think what I really respect about these guys, again, they're doing it from a business perspective. It's high quality. Um, you know, as an example, they've given you two ways to market your Your course, if you will, they have really high standards, so you know as an example, every one of those courses you just mentioned, the minimum has to be a half hour long. sixty percent of that session has to be in video, but you also are required it doesn't even get published if you don't have a a PDF or some other downloadable type document that will include checklists guides, maybe a a transcript of the entire presentation, your PowerPoint deck, et cetera. So they have really strict standards to keep the quality up. In addition, they let you make a couple decisions. When you have a course, and Kelly, maybe you have a course on podcasting and how to really break into this field that you're doing so well in, you've got a couple choices. You can create the course, upload everything, and you can make one or two decisions. You can say, look, I just don't have the time physically to do a really good bang-up job of marketing my course. And if you make that decision, you can do what's very typical in business, to do an affiliate type of thing where they get 50% of the profit if they bring you the sale. And you get the other 50%. So that's done all the time anyway. So it's like, geez, with their audience and their web traffic, it's a really pretty great way to go. But the other part is you say, you know what, I've got a website, I've got a radio show, I want to do my own marketing I think they're extremely fair. They let you say, fine, you do all the marketing, and you keep 97% of your course fee, and we'll wow. take roughly 3% for a processing fee. That's it. That's it. Wow. Well, thanks for the kind words. I, I don't know how
1: well I'm doing in podcasting. I, I sometimes fail to turn my mic back on, You but know, Radio 101, unfortunately. Hey, before we cut you loose, we got uh, less than two minutes unroll me. Last week we talked about unroll.me. I went through the process. Got to tell you, man, that is a fantastic product. Now I get a single uh, email once per day with all of my subscriptions that I decided to keep. By the way, I had a 100, I think it was 192 subscriptions. Yow, got rid of uh, all but about uh, 60 of them. That still seems like a lot, but I went through and went, gosh, I do really want to get that. But now I get it all in one deal. Pretty cool, Miles. Love that tool.
3: Fantastic. And I'm glad to hear it. And again, it's one of those things. We're all struggling to keep up with this fast, crazy, uh, as Jill Conrad says, crazy, busy pace in our world. That's just one of the little ways that you can hack this and go out and make a difference in your day to day. And hopefully you're getting other things done, Kelly, in that time saved rather than uh, just getting another cup of coffee.
1: Yeah, no, no question about it. Well, I've got plenty of things to do. He is Miles Austin. You can find him online at Fill the Funnel. Dot com and if you haven't already tracked down miles listen uh, you're making a huge mistake and clearly you want to follow him on twitter as well at miles austin it is uh, great stuff on his website he's got so many things for you to read tools to use and of course he's my good friend Re- highly recommend that you go find him miles as always thank you for joining us on the x's and o's segment Always a pleasure, Kelly. Thanks, and you have a great week. Hey, I'm going to do that. Uh, Great to have David Newman on board as well. And again, folks, make sure you find him. It is uh, one of those guys that you just simply cannot do without if you have anything to do with marketing. And buy his book, Do It Marketing, 77 Instant Action Ideas to Boost Sales maximize profits and crush your competition. That'll do it for our show. Next week, Joe Polizzi of the Content Marketing Institute. Many thanks to Michael Sergit, our engineer, helping us work our way through the mess that I often make, and our executive producer, Brandy Jackson. Thanks to Voice America for the platform. Enjoyed having you on board. The X's is O's no segment brought to you, as it always is, by 4 Sales at 4DSales.com. We're going to see you next week on BizLocker Radio. I'm Kelly Riggs, and we'll look forward to it right here on Voice America.